All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me for this podcast episode. I'm so stoked that you're here to listen to this conversation with my good friend, Caleb Hires. Caleb is the senior leader at The Resting Place in Tampa, Florida. He has a beautiful heart for the Lord and a beautiful heart for people. I'm always blessed and challenged and inspired by my conversations with Caleb. He's a a friend of mine that we don't talk all the time, but there's uh, been plenty of times where I'll send him a text message and I'll just say, hey man, I need to talk to you about something and we'll set up a time to talk. And he's someone that keeps me, helps me to stay grounded and helps me to get a better perspective on things. And I just so appreciate my uh, relationship with Caleb. It's been just a a huge privilege getting to know him over the past year and a half or so that I've known him. And um, in this conversation, we talk about Caleb's brand new book. It's called Common Unity, which is a play on the word community. And it's all about Uh, really rediscovering the unity in diversity that we are really meant to operate in as the sons and daughters of God in the body of Christ, that because we are one in Christ, we are actually one with one another, even through our differences, even through our different opinions and the different challenges of doctrine and denominationalism and things like that that we come up with that we often allow to divide and separate us. Caleb is promoting unity in the body of Christ in the midst of that. And one of the things that you'll discover in this podcast is that he's not just doing it by writing a book and talking about it. He's living it out in really, really practical ways. I want to encourage you to check out this book. You can get it on Amazon. You can also get it at calebhires.com. The book is called Common Unity. And I really think that it will be a blessing to you and help you to gain a just maybe a different perspective because I know that it did that for me and uh, definitely added to my perspective on unity and what this is all about and how important it really is. So that's what this conversation is about. I pray that it blesses you, maybe challenges you in some way. And um, if it does, I invite you to reach out and uh, share your comments and thoughts. And even if it doesn't, if if you're the opposite end of the spectrum, I would still love to hear from you and uh, have some engagement. And I do appreciate you so much for taking the time to check out this podcast episode. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. All right. Good morning, my friends. I know nobody's on just yet because this live stream literally just started and that takes a minute for people to get connected and all of that good stuff. But so awesome to be here doing this today. I'm so excited. It is always, always, always a good day whenever I have the opportunity to talk with Caleb Hires. Uh, I feel like Caleb is um, he's become just such a such a good friend over the past just year or so. I think that I've that I've known Caleb, maybe maybe a little bit beyond a year. And it's just a, a beautiful relationship. I feel like he's my brother, like we're part of the same tribe. And uh, I'm so, so excited for this conversation today. So thank you guys for joining us. So Caleb, buddy, so excited that you're here, man. Thanks for joining me. I'm so pumped to have you back on. And uh, yeah, man, first of all, just how are you doing today? How's, uh, how's life? Great. So happy to be here. Appreciate you, man. I feel the same way. Uh, I just know I, I treasure you in my heart. We have never met in person. It's like this Dude, right? weird, this weird day and age we're living in where I feel so connected to someone I've never physically been in their presence. But that's just, you know, the day of technology. But uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, but I, I almost need to make that happen like soon <laughs> because I'm about to move to Houston in like well, two months. You so just I need to paid. like take a trip. I need to get well, down you, here. you got a few things going on. Yeah. You just had a child. <laughs> just so, a few things. You know. Just yeah. a few things, dude. Yeah, but yeah, I'm doing but great. You too, man. 
I know we we have a lot happening in Tampa. Um, really thankful for what God is doing. Just grateful to be part of the story and used by the Lord. And you know, it's just tons of fun and yeah. lots of lots of lots of uh, fruit. But the, you know, the harvest takes works, right? So it's. It's just comes with the territory. So I also am tired, but not because of a physical baby, but a spiritual baby. <laughs> you know, uh, that's where I'm at. But yeah, birth and stuff in the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Pentecost coming up specifically. And it's to the point of the topic today. You know, I don't know if you, we, I told you about this. I think we talked about it at some point, but mm -hmm. uh, last yeah. year, Pentecost, 33 churches came together this year um, on Sunday morning, gave up their Sunday morning and said, we're just going to be one the church of Tampa. And this year we're renting a stadium expecting there was only 1500 people out last time. It's kind of like a bunch of smaller churches. This time we're expecting mm -hmm. over 50 churches and a lot more well-established churches and somewhere between six and 8,000 people. Um, we're literally renting a stadium. We're raising money, all those things. It's going to cost $40,000, but that's what stadium level stuff costs. Um, and yeah, but the churches are in and the leadership is in and there's been a lot of reconciliation between leaders over the last 12 months mm. and you know a lot of uh work behind the scenes but if anybody's watching this and wants to hear more about that go to togathertampa.com together so it's like together but together mm -hmm. so fun play on words there um that's the name <laughs> of the event to gather pentecost because we see a model raising up in the church where the the christian church on the planet earth is what i see honestly um everywhere uh once a year just refusing to gather alone and coming mm -hmm. together as one just like they did in the early days to celebrate the unifying spirit uh the holy spirit being poured out and the key elements are there there's no preaching or no teaching no rock star speaker none of that it's just worship prayer and communion the three things that i believe every christian can do together uh we don't need to have a discussion we don't need to have a, a debate. We don't need to have theological hairs split. Yeah. Uh, we don't need a sermon. We just need the spirit. And so that's all they had on Pentecost. And then I know I know Peter stood up and, and preached in response. But as far as a celebration of Pentecost and a, an inviting of the Holy Spirit to come and move in our regions and cities again, uh, we're just looking at Jesus. It's just all eyes on him. Mm. We're all for for us. Any pastor that gets up there and prays because we have different uh, expressions of worship, different uh, cultures. One entire an entire twenty minutes of just Spanish because the Tampa Bay has a huge Spanish um, yeah. uh, part of our society. So they're going to sing in Spanish, you know, and we're all going to join in us gringos who can't sing in Spanish, but uh, we're going to just worship the Lord, you know, and different prayer points. But everyone is from the Church of Tampa Bay on that day. I'm not Caleb from the resting place. I'm Caleb from the Church of Tampa Bay. And we see a model raising up Duke, honestly, something that's very replicable because not dependent upon a personality. And it's very yes. simple. Yes. You get a neutral location. You put all eyes on Jesus. You refuse to preach or teach. You just worship together, pray, take communion together. And that's mm. what it means to to do a two-gather event, you know, two-gather Pentecost. So it doesn't even need to be by that name, but we see different regions picking it up and doing it as well. So I know for sure Tampa Bay, we're, we're fighting for it. Um, in Tampa Bay, there will be a day where no one goes to their church on Sunday morning, Pentecost Sunday. They all go to Raymond James Stadium or whatever wow. area we're in because we, and I even see, I've seen this, I keep prophesying this. 
I have seen uh, the news stations in, in a vision like um, helping us going, hey, just public service announcement. If you're a churchgoer, remember, don't go to your church this Sunday because no one will be there. Your pastor mm. won't be there. They're at the stadium. Like, remember yes. that time of year again. And if you're not like, you know, beware of traffic patterns. And <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's what I see. Yeah. We, we see Dude, it. I see that. That's yeah. awesome. And a model. It's a model because it's it's simple. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even my vision. The Pastor Gio Munoz from Abide Church here in Brandon, he called me last year. He was like, hey, man, it was six weeks to Pentecost. He goes, hey, what if you, me, could get maybe one more church we could gather on Pentecost Sunday? Would you, would you want to do that all together? I'm like, yes. And the mm -hmm. thing that hit my heart was the um just the element of sacrifice that like david said i refuse to sac to give to the lord that which cost me nothing um yes. and it is a sacrifice to yes shut your doors on a sunday morning like what do you do with people who show up and didn't know about it like there's there's yeah, risk man. there's i know i'm i'm leading a church so but yeah, i man. believe that man that that sacrifice it's uh pastor Gio says it this way it's the laying down the isaac of our sunday morning so that we can receive the full promise and yeah. bro, I, I mean, it happened last year was so powerful and sweet and amazing. And this year it's, you know, it's multiplied by crazy amounts. So anyway, um, that's what's man, going man. on. So I'm a little busy right now, but happy to be here with you and I'm excited. So anyway. Yeah, bro. Well, I'm so pumped for, for you guys and for everybody that's involved in to gather Tampa and, uh, it's so exciting, man. And I do appreciate you and your time so much because yeah. I know I know that you've got a lot going on. And uh, I really do cherish this uh, th this time, these these moments that we have to to talk and to connect in this way. Yeah. And man, if, if I could just say and I'm pretty sure I've told you this before, but I, I love the practicality of to gather Pentecost, to gather Tampa. I love the practicality of working out unity in a in a way you know where you're bringing people together because so often i think we can talk a lot about unity but unless we have practical ways to actually experience it in daily life in church life and, and right. all of that like there's got to be a way for us to actually promote that and to show people that there's that it's possible that we can actually we can actually do this in a way that we're coming together and we are expressing our our hearts of unity it's like never not not a single one of these churches that are coming together are the exact same they don't have the same preaching style the same worship format you know there might be similarities between some of them but like they're all they're all different they all have their own unique culture and expression of worship and of, and yeah. of church life and culture and being able to come together and as you said not focus on what any one mega leader or pastor or worship team or whatever is is doing but really bringing it together in a way that the focus is jesus and that was in my mind the whole time as I was reading your book. So you've got this brand new book out called Common Unity. And I want to say, bro, that I love, love your book. I love it, dude. Like, I love it. This is this yeah. is one of these things that is so close to my heart. And man, if, if there's ever a time, the, of course, the, the body of Christ has always needed unity. But if there's ever yeah. if there's ever been a time where it's so prevalent and obvious that we need an overhaul <laughs> in our thinking and in, in our approach to, to unity, then yeah. it's, it's gotta be now, man. Right. Yeah. And, and it's so refreshing and your approach 
is beautiful and I love it. And I resonate so much with the words of your book. And I just want to, at the top of the, of the show here, just encourage everybody that I can to please pick up this book. It's called Common Unity by Caleb Hires. I know you can find it on calebhires.com. You can also find it on Amazon. And Caleb will let us know before we end if there's anywhere else that he wants to point anybody. But the, the book is like, what is it? Uh, well, I have the Kindle version, so I'm not sure if it's the same. It's like 52, 50, 50 yeah, like 50 pages. It's a it's a short read. It's an easy read, and it will keep you to. Well, me, I mean, I don't know. This might just be because it's something that I'm so passionate about too. But it was like on the edge of my seat the whole time, and it's just it's an amazing thing, man. And anyway, all that to say that the whole time I was reading your book, I'm reading it like this really means something because Caleb is living this mm. he's living it right now. And he is making that sacrifice, you know, mm. not, not just this, you know, you're talking about that sacrifice of sacrificing the Sunday morning in order to come together and have unity. Yeah. Anytime when, when we're promoting unity, I, I think that there's going to be some kind of sacrifice involved because it's so much easier for us to just kind of be off in our own little corner, doing our yeah. own thing, focused on ourselves. But there is some sacrifice involved in community. There's some sacrifice involved when it comes to fellowshipping with one another and when it Always. comes to stepping outside of what's what's just my thing, my way of doing things, my wants, my needs, my desires. And, and God calls us, the Bible calls us to be others focused. The Bible calls us to be in community. The Bible calls us to be in unity. And so uh, anyway, my, one of the, one of the, my favorite things as I was reading your book is just in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm kind of picturing you, you know, saying these words as I'm reading them kind of, cause I know your voice. So I'm kind of hearing your voice as, as I'm reading, but knowing that it's coming from this genuine place of, of you're going after this right now, passionately in practical ways. And so yeah. anyway, man, yeah, I'm, I'm so pumped. Thank you for writing this book because we need it. I so appreciate the feedback. Thank you, man. That means so much coming from you. I I sincerely mean that. It means a lot. And I, I did write it uh, short. It's short on purpose because I just, I don't know, I'm seeing a trend in the world of attention span. Uh, yeah, and I, you're the one feedback just as from author to author, my favorite point of feedback just now on a practical level is that it kept you on the edge of your seat. Like you, that's exactly mm -hmm. what I wanted. I didn't want anyone to like, be like, Oh, I'll, uh, this will, I'll think about this stuff later. I want right. to get it, get it in there now. And so anyway, that was, that just makes my heart warm, but the, the <laughs> concepts in the book, I know you're very, are, are very dear to you. Um, and I, the packaging is anybody could read it. It's not super intellectual, you know, not big high level academia. I think that's one of the problems, uh, when it comes to the attempt for unity is we, in our, in our approach and in our, even in some writings and things like that. And I've read some great books on this stuff. A lot of it is like, come up here where I am so mm -hmm. we can be one. And I just, I just totally on a heart level, believe in a different approach. Like I'm going to come to where you are so we can be one. Like you mm -hmm. talked about that sacrifice and it's been, there's been that sacrifice behind the scenes. I mean, yeah. I, had it, I, as early as recent as yesterday, talking to um, pastors and leaders about this in our region, we're meeting monthly. We've been meeting monthly with all these pastors and we've just been praying about this, talking about this, reconciling, answering questions you know, proving that we're not trying to make it about us, 
proving that it's actually all about Jesus and, you know, laying down preference and like even the choice of the venue is not preferential to my stream. Like there's uh-huh. going to be like, we're the, I, we're the flagging <laughs> Pentecostal crazies, right? Uh, and they're not going to allow anything, not even a tripod because that could be a weapon, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, okay. they, no shofars, no flags, no fun. I'm just kidding. Um, no just, <laughs> I'm just joking. That was good. No Christian uh, toys allowed. Yeah. So like our people are like, what last year you know we, some of them were like we had a whole like there were like 20 flags and they're all running around and i was like i know it was beautiful it ain't happening this year mm-hmm. and we're is it worth it like is your preference on the altar worth right. being one with your brother and sister and this is the big thing that's like we've learned over the last 12 months is that unity is the process but oneness is the product it's actually so that we would be one. And that's why the ha- the the subtitle of the book is Rediscovering the Church's Blueprint for Oneness. Yes. This is a blueprint for oneness. Unity isn't the end-all be-all. It's John 17 that we would be one, yeah, right? Man. He's made us one with himself. That's already happened. It's what we would be one with one another. And so unity is a... Uh, like a practical step towards oneness. And that yeah. Sunday morning on June 5th, Pentecost is going to be amazing, but I care more about Monday morning. Like where's your heart at Monday no, morning man. for that church down the street? Are you burning to know them? Are you burning to lock arms with them? Are you mm. burning to help to see the kingdom advance in a place that you don't completely agree with? You don't attend. You don't uh, even, the expression might not make sense to you, but Christ is honored and lifted up. The centrality of Christ is there. Uh, repentance of sin, eyes on Jesus. If that's in place, we can be one, you know, and all the other stuff needs to just go away. Like all yeah, the other, all our lines of doctrine and things like that, that just needs to bow the knee to Jesus. Because guess what? Even if your doctrine is 100% correct. The Bible says we all see in part and know in part. So you could be completely correct about your part, but you only see a part. So I don't care how accurate you are. You still need me. And I still yes. need you yes. because you only see a part. And if we could get that and all the, you know, there's so many pictures in the scriptures, the one body, many parts, seeing a glass dimly, all this stuff. But the big thing for me, and this is to the the content of the book, if you're okay with me just jumping in to the one part I'd love to really highlight about the book. The big thing to me was, it was a new revelation when I was diving into this concept of the, the 12 gates of the new Jerusalem and seeing those gates as different expressions of church. Now, I, that's not the only thing they are. I'm not flatlining it saying this is what that means. I'm saying mm-hmm. it's a picture. And the Lord showed me how uh, really the question came out. I was like, why 12 gates to New Jerusalem? Why? Why 12 ways in to find Jesus? Why 12 ways for Jesus to come out? Why 12 gates? What does a gate do? It lets things in. It takes things yes. out. It keeps things out. Right? So why 12? And the Lord started showing me. It's like those 12 are all expressions of my church. We're all a gate for the way. And it's from Psalm 24, um, uh, verse 7. You know, lift up your heads, O you gates. It's plural in every translation. It's plural. So why? Why plural? 
It says, be lifted up, O ancient doors, plural. Mm -hmm. Why plural? That the king of glory, singular, might come in. Yes. Right? So, uh, dude, we need the king of glory. Yes. <laughs> More than we need our doctrines to yeah. match. <laughs> More than we need our expressions to be similar. We need the Lord strong and mighty. Amen. So yeah, man. that's the whole thing. So it's many gates to the one way. And the idea, it's a little touchy. It's a little edgy to say that because, you know, I know Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep. Yes, I agree. When, But the thing is, when you be, go through the gate for the sheep, you become a gate in the new Jerusalem. It's they're named. They have names. Those gates have names. Mm -hmm. They are called by the tribes of Israel, the gate of Reuben. Right. Right. The gate of Simeon, Levi, Judah, all these. So why, why these gates? And I've written just, I'm just going to pull a couple pieces out of here, but I want to hear your thoughts on this. But the idea that we would all be operators, doorkeepers for the house of the Lord, you know, the gatekeepers that we would all see ourselves as a different gate. Like your church, Duke might operate a different gate. It might operate the same gate. I know, I know what my church is. My church is Judah. We are the Judah gate. We are loud. We are breakthrough people. We are pr high praise. If worship isn't bumping, I don't know what it is. You know, I don't, mm -hmm. we are not yeah. just, we're called the resting place, but we don't just sit there and soak and like, we are dancing. We are, you know what I mean? But we're also kingmakers, entrepreneurial. You know, we have this, this, this thing about us where we want to build, you know? And so that's Judah. Historically in the Bible, that's Judah. Judah goes first. Nice. Judah pioneers stuff. Judah, And that's my, so if I'm Judah and you're, say, Reuben, right? Or whoever. Mm -hmm. Reuben, I put it in the book, is, you know, about seeing the sun, seeing the misery. That's what the name Reuben means. So I took each name and saw it as a prophetic utterance. So and the story of Leah and how she gave her. Anyway, so these are the churches who have a special mercy gift that see the suffering of others because they've seen the suffering of Christ so well. So mm -hmm. they they aren't necessarily going to build anything. They're just going to sit with the hurting. They're going to sit with the 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 homeless. They're going to they have that special mercy gift, right? Of just being with people who hurt. Yeah. And they're looking at guys like me, Judah, who are like, "Why are you trying to what stadium full of people singing songs?" Are you going to give to the poor? You know, and like yeah, yeah, it would be yeah, wrong yeah. for us to talk to each other that way. It was right to say, you know what? I need that. I need an impartation of Reuben. I need to honor your gate and learn from it and learn from it. And you, and you need my gate. And they're both gates for the one way. So many gates for the one way. That was the core revelation of the book. And I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that and what you thought about it and how it's articulated. But I think it's a practical, again, a practical way to see the church down the street who's very different. They go, you know what? They are, yeah. I might not even know what their gate is, but it certainly ain't the one I'm doing. And yeah. <laughs> But is it for Jesus to be known? Is Jesus Lord? Is it a gate for the one way? Amen. Right? And so there can be different even versions of Judah, the Judah gate. It's not like you do it like me and you're, yeah, you're man. Judah gate. But it's, an, it's a principle. It's an idea. So, Dude, I have so many things to say. I don't even know where to start. But, it, you know, it's going back to going back to that psalm lift yeah. up your heads oh you gates be lifted up you everlasting doors and the king of glory will come in and what you're saying is so true and i don't want to oversimplify it but i think what you're talking about has a lot to do with 
culture, you know, a, a lot to do of the, the culture of the church, the vision of the church, the mission of the individual, that individual uh, called out body of believers, right? In, in that, in that region where you're, where you're established, um, mm -hmm. your church community, that each church community has a different expression. We shouldn't be trying to be like the church down the street. Uh, I can look at you and what you're doing and say, oh man, I really love what Caleb's doing here. That really resonates with my heart. And I can say, you know what? I want to model that around here, or I want to take pieces of that. And I want to do that around here. That's, right. There's expressions there where we can find sort of similarities and and uh, we can find where we resonate and we can adopt those things. But I shouldn't be trying to build the resting place because God hasn't called me to build that ministry. That's what right. God has called you to do. Right? right. And so your expression is different from my expression, even though I think that we would line up in a lot of ways in a lot of areas. But there's other churches down the street from from me that are very different. But if the focus is on the king of glory coming in, if the focus is on bringing people, directing people, leading people to a connection with the king of kings and lord of lords, then I think what you're saying is ultimately at the end of the day, the way that's expressed is not the most important thing. There's Correct. some things that we should line up on and we should agree on, which is what you're, which is, which is that it's Christ is the head of the church. We are the body. We're different members. We have different expressions. We might go about this differently, but at the end of the day, if our focus is on glorifying Jesus, it's all about him. Then, uh, you know, I think we, we pull back the, 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 the lens, right? Like we can, mm -hmm. we can zoom out. Mm -hmm. And when it's all about him, it becomes less about, the non-essential things that so often become the things that divide and separate us. Hundred um, percent. I, I think very rarely in the church, and you know, we talk about different denominations and things like that. I think very rarely we're divided by essential things. I think more, way Wait. more often than not, we're divided by non-essential things that we don't actually, at the end of the day, have to agree on in order to be brothers and sisters, in order right. to, in order to be a part of the same family. Hello. Of God. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, so dude, I love it. I think, I think it's, it's exactly what you're saying. The non-essentials dividing us and people would say, well, I have a different definition of what essentials are, right? Yeah. yeah. That's okay. But can mm -hmm. we make the one essential essential? <laughs> like yes, going yeah. to all the world, preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, that he died and he rose again. He like those essentials, right? That he paid for sin once for all that we don't pay for our own sin, we're forgiven, that he is Lord, that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Like what? Look at the book of Acts, how they preached Christ and how they kept the centrality of his resurrection, his personhood, his way of life. Jesus was the center. I, I'm, I'm like flabbergasted at how other things have become centers. We're centering on, and I, it's a principle. So like, I, I think it's actually a principality. Um, on the church, sorry to sound super charismatic, but you know, in the Bible, get some letters on that one, bro. I know, I know, but it's okay. We no, wage war not against the flesh, but against principalities, powers, and mm -hmm. the heavenly realms. Anyway, um, I'm with you. I know, but the and I can prove it that it's a principality because I can walk into ten churches and say, "You are a city on a hill," and they're going to say, "Amen," and every single one of them expects those other nine churches to do it like them. 
Think about it. Like when we hear, I'm a, we're a city on a hill and our, our mind goes, oh yeah, that's right. So all y'all need to get with the program and do what mm-hmm. I'm doing. But that city on that hill has 12 entrances. Why? Why? Because mm-hmm. God does not delight in uniformity. He delights in true unity. Yes. It's not unison. It's the unity of the spirit. And there's a section on the last chapter that I, I, I tried not to be too on the nose, but like there are many spirits of unity, but only one unity of the unity, spirit. Yeah. And yeah, man. we got to be careful so that good. we're not rallying around a cause or even an event or a political disposition and calling it unity of the spirit. Cause it is not <laughs> like there was a unity in, in the time of Barabbas. There was a spirit of unity. He led a rebellion. There was a spirit of unity in the Pharisees. They led the whole mob to chant, crucify Jesus. There's a spirit of unity in the tower of Babel. They're building it to heaven. They were successful. Their gods had to scatter their language, right? Yeah. Those are the spirits of unity, but they are not the unity of the spirit. The unity Come of on. the spirit brings people to Christ and Christ alone, not to a cause. We've mm-hmm. been so cause driven and been like, nobody wants unity because they didn't get with my cause. Well, no, I don't <laughs> want that spirit of unity. I want the unity of the spirit. But you see how we start to blame the other gates. We start to blame the other churches, the other expressions for not getting with the program. But the program in us is do it the way I do it. But a diversity of the saints is required. It's for the unity of the spirit requires the diversity of the saints. You can't defend it any other way. I'm sorry. The unity of the spirit requires the diversity of the saints. Yes. We mentioned it. The family of God. Is your family all think like you, talk like you, sound like you? Brothers, no. sisters in the same house? No. no. The, the body of Christ. Are, are every single part of our body the same? Obviously not. The living stones. I mean, the, the new Jerusalem, the many tribes. Were those tribes all similar? Did they do everything the same? Did they think the same? Did they act the same? Did they battle the same? No. Like we have like missed this thing by... Mm-hmm calling our cause unity and instead of saying i want the unity of the spirit no matter what it takes right because it says in ephesians 4 strive to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace maintain not attain so that means it's already here we're just called to maintain it in the bond of how through peace being a peacemaker not a peacekeeper going, let's not talk about that. Peacemaker, like, <laughs> hey, that, that that hurt me. That wasn't right. I don't like that, you know? And so we've been we've been peacemakers over the last 12 months towards this together event. I'm bringing it up over and over again, but I'm just, you know, it's right here. But the yeah. the book itself, the the ideas, these concepts of, I, my hope is that people would actually start to go, oh, maybe maybe I need that church. Not only should I tolerate them, but maybe I yeah. need that church. Maybe I, maybe they have something I don't have. Maybe we'll never work together, but they're still necessary in the kingdom. So I even see the, the listing of the tribes as prophetic, you know, cause this is how I do it. Like I can tell you, uh, pastor Gio with abide. They are absolutely the gate of Levi. 100%. They are new covenant Levites. They are prayer room people. They are minister to the Lord and no one else. Like they're like, this is <laughs> unto Jesus. Like 
they're they have some you know small groups and things like that but they're not the typical they're they're a they're a prayer what people would call a prayer room that has a church not yeah. a church that has a prayer room they are the gate of levi they are they're new covenant levites and it's awesome they're they are wildly different than us and yet we are so close in so many ways and so many expressions and so many things. Why is that? Well, it says the gate of Levi and then the gate of Judah is listed next. So mm -hmm. I see a city, I see a circular city and these gates, right? And there's, there's a gate and some wall and then a gate and then some wall and Judah and Levi are right next to each other. So of course there's going to be connection with them more than like Joseph, which right. is over here. Right. But uh, Judah and Joseph's can still work together. Yeah. And they can still honor one another, even though Joseph is thinking about raising up political influence. Joseph is thinking about, you know what I mean? Societal impact at, a, at an elite level. Joseph is standing next to Pharaoh. Right. I mean. Yeah. But yeah. Judah's over here like just we're going to build the kingdom. Forget the kingdoms of this world. Yeah. We're just going to yeah. break through in the spirit. Yeah. Like what? We don't care yeah. about politics. But they're like, uh, politics are going to come behind you and define something. So mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? Like they are not, yeah, we might not be gate to gate, but we are many gates for the one way. And that, that picture for me just helps, just helps. Yeah. That's such a good point. It's like, <laughs> in a lot of ways, like those two that you just mentioned, they, a lot of times they'd be in opposition because, yes. you know, the, the one, the one is thinking, oh, you're going to, you're going to scare off the people we're trying to attract. Yep. You know, the other one's thinking, well, those kind of people are not going to come here. And, and, and it's like it becomes this thing where we can very easily get judgmental. We can very easily close ourselves off. And as you said, even though there might be more differences between some of these expressions than with others, like I might have a little bit more, you know, there might be some more similarity or some more acceptance across certain practices with the church down the street who is more of like, a, you know, maybe they're a little bit more traditional Pentecostal than we are. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of that flow. We can kind of agree on at least a lot of the same concepts, even though we might go about it differently as opposed right. to, you know, the Baptist street, uh, the Baptist church down the other end of the street is, is, uh, you know, we might have more things that we disagree on in terms of like actual interpretations of Bible passages and things like that. There might be some more, uh, differences at the end of the day, but we can still, and I love, this is something you say in your book, honor, empower, and celebrate, you know, honor, yes. empower, and celebrate, um, those that see things differently. Again, always recognizing that the main goal is Christ. And, and I think that there's a really practical way that you describe this in the book. I don't remember what chapter it's in, but you say, you know, it's not about singing in unison it's about harmonizing yeah. together. Yes. You know? And so when you harmonize, you're not trying to sing the exact same note the exact same way, but you are you're singing a different note in the same chord and in the same. Yeah. And so ultimately going toward the same goal, which should be to glorify Jesus, to make his name known, to reach the lost in our cities, to, you know, empower people to walk out their identity you know, all these different things. And again, at the end of the day, the expression of that's going to be different across the board. But. You know, I, I I think that, and I don't think I don't think, man, that this is that controversial. Like, it I know it shouldn't I be, know. but like, you know, when we look at these things, it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. Man. It's, it's not right. controversial. It's it's actually orthodox, but yeah, <laughs> my, my orthodox friends would call me controversial. 
but it's it's okay. I'm I'm okay. And I I wanted to put this in the book, but there was no way to do it. But have you seen that? Uh, there's a commercial of a master piano player. Uh, it was pretty popular. It became like a pretty popular video on on YouTube where he is he is he has two pianos and there's benches and he's mm -hmm. sitting between the two. Have you seen this where he flips back and forth between so. the pianos? Okay, so on one piano is you know a regular piano he starts playing and it's nice and then he turns to the other one and it's every key actually has the same note so if you can imagine it's not like you know you play a chord and it's like different they're all the same note all 88 keys are the same note okay. so he starts he starts going to town he's like like ripping it and it just sounds like yeah, like and he turns around and and he's like turns to one piano starts playing because it's got different notes and then he goes back to the other one and he's like passionately like going for it like you could he's like he's a master pianist right yeah, yeah. but he can't do anything with that instrument come on because every so key good. sounds the same and i think it's the so holy good. ghost the lord of glory is a master artist and we're offering him something trying to offer him something there's just like a piano with every key sounding the exact same. No matter how incredible the skill set of the artist, it's just going to sound boring and bland and dumb. And we're even worse than that meme because we're pitchy. We're not even singing the same note exactly the same way we're trying to, Bro. but we get pitchy Christians. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> That's where I get controversial. I said, "Yeah, you're a you're a pitchy. You need, a, you need a tune up, man. We got to yeah. we got to uh, we got to get somebody over here. We got to get the tools out. We got to tune yeah. that up, readjust, yeah. recalibrate. But yeah, man, we can all get like that. Especially it, when we disconnect from each other, we can we can all just get uncalibrated, and we've got to recalibrate through through the Word of God, through truth, hundred percent of who God is. But anytime that we get off on our own, whether we're talking as a church or as an individual, anytime we get off on our own, we're going to get weird ideas. Yes. We're going to. We're going we're designed to. to need each other. And, and the thing about it is it's the attempt that makes us pitchy. Like trying to sing the same note the same way with someone else is actually extremely difficult. If you're a musician or artist, you know this. Right. It's actually way harder to sing the same note than it is to sing a harmony note. It is extremely difficult. So God didn't give us that task. And we've taken up something way harder than the true unity of the spirit, which is harmonizing with one another, singing mm -hmm. our own note, listening to the conductor, singing the same song, whatever God is saying on the earth, all that, but not attempting to sing the same note, singing yes. our note with excellence. So, yeah, mm -hmm. so important, man. I love it, man. This book is important. And, and again, I don't know if I told you this or not. I love it. I'm, I'm in love with, I'm in love with common <laughs> unity. And that's what this whole concept is about. It's how you start off the book that it's all about love. That's where unity comes from. Unity comes from love gathering around the person and the presence of God of love himself. Yep. And that's the foundation. And that's where we can find, that's where this unity comes from. It has to start with a singular I think focus on Jesus yes. because, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, I might have, I might have disagreements with somebody that could cause me to dislike them. I could, it could cause me to be judgmental, but if I'm yeah. focused on Jesus and my love for you is stemming from my ultimately from my love for him, 
then it's just going to be it's going to be more effective because yeah. I'm not going to be focused on my own ability to try to create love out of thin air. I'm going to be loving Jesus, which I think ultimately results in, you know, loving and honoring others, because, again, our focus is off of the problems and the and the difficulties and the challenges and the disagreements and things like that. And it's on him and he mm -hmm. is love. Mm -hmm. He is love. And so that's mm -hmm. where I think this calibration of of unity, of harmony comes from. And I think you put that so beautifully in the book, bro. I do want to honor your time because I know um, I know this was a little bit shorter today, but I know that uh, you've uh, you've got to get going. So before we dive off into into, you know, too much other stuff, could you just remind everybody where they could go to find the book or to find some of the other resources that you offer? Yeah, calebhires.com, like you said, or if you just on Amazon, you search my name, you'll see uh, this is the sixth book I put out. Um, it's the first one on this topic, but uh, definitely would love for you to engage there. It is on Kindle and uh, paperback, so uh, any any platform there. Uh, but that's the main way to get it. And <clears throat> if you if you do go to calebhires.com, sign up for my newsletter. Um, I just you know I send out almost weekly uh, messages, sermons, things like that, just to equip the saints. I'm here to mature the saints in love. Like unity isn't my thing. Maturity is my thing. Like I'm, mm. and I'm going to do what God wants me to do in, in every season to mature the saints in love, because that's the end of the passage in Ephesians four is that until we, we reach the unity of the faith, the full yes. measure of the stature of Christ, like I'm on a mission to mature the saints in love. And if, you know, I'm not perfect at it, but that's the mission I'm trying. So um, if you want to be on that with me, go to calebhires.com, sign up for my newsletter, and you'll be plugged in. So Love yep. it, man. Well, I've got one minute left, so I want to mention something totally off topic. But last time when we were on the phone, I found out <laughs> about Caleb Hires' band. And that was about oh, a gosh. month or month and a half ago or something like that. And uh, that day, I, I looked you <laughs> up. And I know this is music from like several years ago, but man, is it good. Man, I just need to say, I love, I, bro, I love Caleb Hire's band as much as I love your books. I really do. Um, it's a good record. It's a good rock new, album. New Life is my freaking jam, man. And That's a good uh, one. I love so so good. I want to encourage people to just look up Caleb Hire's band. And it's a little bit of a blast from the past because it was a bunch of years ago. And I know you're in a different kind of season of life yeah, uh, now yeah. than you were back then. But, man. It's so I good. Still have like, the hair. Even, I'm serious. It's so good. I still have the hair and I still play guitar, but yeah, no, the, <laughs> I appreciate that. It's like 11 years old this year or something, that record. I don't it's know. So but crazy. It, it cooks. It's, it was fun. My wife is still kind of like, can you kind of do that again, please? Cause mm -hmm. the rockstar thing is kind of cool, you know, anyway, yeah. but maybe who knows? <laughs> no, it, I appreciate that, man. I am proud of that record. It, it was a lot of work, but uh. Yeah. Well, well, thanks again, buddy. And thanks everybody for taking the time to check out this conversation. I hope that it blessed you, challenged you. If it left you with any questions, feel free to reach out uh, to one of us. And uh, we are happy to, you know, engage and have a conversation about it. And uh, yeah, brother, love you, man. I'll talk Thank to you, you soon. Bro. Appreciate you. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to keep talking here for a few minutes. I think that this message of unity for 
the people of God for the body of Christ is so, so important. I don't think that it's a peripheral message. I think that it is actually the message. You know, one of the things that I don't think we really got into, but that Caleb goes into great detail in his book, and I know I've already mentioned this several times, but I just really want to encourage you, check out this book, Common Unity. Get it on Amazon. Get it at calebhires.com. It's a very simple read. You can do it in one shot, too, at the most, and... I think you can literally read the whole thing in about 40 minutes or so, and I just think that it's worth it. I think that it's worth the time to just hear this really, really practical approach to establishing unity, to actually, as Caleb calls it, maintaining unity, because we are actually one in Christ. We're one in Christ, and therefore, we're one with each other, but we so often are out of sync. I think, and it's it's really not necessary. And, you know, one thing that Caleb mentioned in the podcast is that, you know, unity does not mean uniformity. That means that you don't have to agree with your neighbor in order to be united with them because we're united in Christ. We're not united in our politics. We're not, we don't have to be united in everything that our denominations believe or differ in or whatever. And I know that there are verses in scripture, like in um, Amos chapter three, it says, how can two walk together unless they are agreed? And I think that that's a really good principle that there's got to be agreement. But again, I just, I don't think that that agreement comes down to uniformity. I don't think that it means that I've got to conform my beliefs to yours or that you've got to conform all of your beliefs to mine. I think that there are certain things that we have to agree on. You know, we have to believe that Jesus is the only way <laughs> to the Father. We have to believe that he died on the cross, that he, we have to believe the message of the gospel. We have to believe these basic tenets and concepts of our faith We've got to make it about Jesus. We've got to make it centered on love. But when we do that, what Caleb brings across in this book, I think so beautifully, is that there can be different expressions of that, and yet we can still be united in Christ, united in love, united under a common banner. Yeah, I just think so often we make peripheral issues and non-essential issues so important and then we end up ostracizing people or we end up thinking that other people are not as good of Christians as we are and you know all this stuff that we do and I think that it comes from a place of number one it could come from a place of pride number two I think it could come from a place of security or, or this desire to maintain security because we can start to think look I know that there are streams out there that are so against the way that somebody like Caleb teaches, uh, that are so against, you know, the, a lot of the things that I would teach about and talk about, that would actually say that because we are teaching things about spiritual gifts, and because we talk about speaking in tongues and prophecy and authority over the devil and <laughs> and things like that, that because we talk about these things, that they would actually say that we are disconnected, that we're deceived, that we're deceiving others, that we're not actually walking with Jesus, that 
you know, that they would actually look at the style of worship uh, that um, a lot of uh, Pentecostals and charismatic believers have in their worship settings. And they would say, you know, you guys are not worshiping God. You're doing something that's demonic in nature. I get that there are streams out there that are very vehemently against. I didn't even, I shouldn't even necessarily say the stream because that might be broadening it too much. But there are people of a particular persuasion, ministries of a particular persuasion, uh, different end of the spectrum than what we're on as far as what Caleb was talking about with those those different gates. I think that that gave a really, really clear picture. You know, there's different ends of the spectrum, but even that does not mean that we are not all part of the same body. One of the questions I wanted to ask Caleb was, how do we reconcile that? You know, how do we walk in unity practically, because again, I think this has to be practical. How do we practically promote unity, even with those who would look at what you believe, whether what you believe is like what I believe or not, but those that would look at what you believe that are on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, and that they would say, oh, what you're doing is wrong, and you know, they might even condemn or curse you or something like that. You know, what do we do with those things. And and I think, and I don't really have a good answer for that. I wanted to talk to Caleb and see what he thought about that. The only thing that I can think of in my mind is at the end of the day, you know, I've got to do my part to be, to seek peace, you know, to seek for peace with others. And uh, as Caleb even mentioned in this podcast, seeking peace is about, it's about being a peacemaker, not about being a peacekeeper. The difference between and I don't know if he brought this out or not, the difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker is that if you're a peacekeeper, you know, have you seen, uh, what was that movie? Uh, the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games, they had these soldier-type, uh, law enforcement-type people who were called peacekeepers. And the peacekeepers were not very peaceful. But what they did is when somebody stepped out of line, they would beat the crap out of them. They might even beat them to death or shoot them in the head, or something like that, in order to keep the peace, quote-unquote, in for the, for the rest of the tribe, for the rest of the people. So they were so set on keeping the peace of the people, in other words, keeping the people from rebelling, keeping the people from stepping out against this regime that had been established, that they would take really, really extreme measures to keep the peace. That's really what the whole thing with Pilate was about, with Jesus, with the, the Jewish leaders uh, rising up against and, and wanting to, you know, basically reaching out to the Roman authority there in that city to uh, ask for their help in putting Jesus to death. And, you know, Pilate didn't find any fault in Jesus at the end of the day. He questioned him. He had a conversation with him. And he's like, I don't understand why you want to kill this guy. I don't find any fault in him. But basically, in order to keep the peace, he gave them what they wanted. There was a mob rising up. And even as Caleb brought this out in the podcast, they had this spirit of unity that brought this mob mentality to play where everybody was convinced together that they needed to put Jesus to death and Pilate wanting to keep the peace, not wanting to get in trouble, I'm sure, with his authorities that had set him up as the provincial leader of that area and all of that, basically gave into their demands. That's called keeping the peace. We're not called to be peacekeepers. We're called to be peace 
peacemakers. And to be a peacemaker often means going against the grain, going against the flow. It often means getting in between two people that have differences of opinion, that have arguments, and to actually be the one that steps in the middle of that and says, hold on, we actually at the end of the day probably want the same things. We probably at the end of the day want Jesus glorified, right or wrong. You know, you might be very charismatic, you might be more on the conservative side or whatever the case may be, but at the end of the day, we probably all want Jesus to be glorified. We probably all want more people to know him. We probably believe that he's the son of God. We probably believe that he died on the cross for our sins. We probably believe a lot of the same things. And even though we might have a lot of differences, there might be hundreds of points on of, of, of uh, doctrine that we might disagree with. But if they're not these non-essential issues that actually lead to us being part of the family of God and being saved, then at the end of the day, should we allow these things to divide and separate us or should we sacrifice our need to be right or our belief that our stream is correct or whatever the case may be, should we lay that down in order to promote something that Jesus was so adamant about. He said in John 17, in his prayer to the Father, he said, Father, I want them, that I want them, I want your people, I want your sons and your daughters, I want them to be one, just as you and I are one. And he says that when we are one, that the world will know that you sent me. <laughs> that we actually, through unity, that through unity of the Spirit, that we actually help people get connected with God. We actually help people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, <laughs> ugh, all of this division and separation, it doesn't help us. It, it doesn't help us lead people to Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. They will know that you are followers of Jesus by your love for one another. And so we're always going to have differences, even within a particular tribe or community of believers or a particular church or ministry, even within that context. You know, I'm, I'm, I sit on a team of pastors and there's things that sometimes we have disagreement about. And guess what? Those are like my favorite meetings when we have something that we can disagree about and we can talk about it and not in a sense of arguing different points, but we can actually get into some heated discussion, not tearing each other down, not attacking people, but looking through together scripture and trying to find out, you know, see if this be so, you know, let's talk your points. Let's talk my points. Let's let's talk scripture. Let's get to the original understanding of, of scripture. Let's look up some of those Greek words. Let's do some word studies. Let's find out what the original author meant. Let's look at the context. Let's look at, you know, let's look at all of these things and let's see if we can get on the same page. But at the end of the day, we might not be on the exact same page. We may not have the exact same belief system. And you know what? That's okay. We can still walk together. Why? Because as, as we brought out in the podcast, something in, in Kayla's book, I think it was maybe my favorite part. It really stuck out to me because I thought it was it gave such a clear picture of the way that this works. It's not about two guitar players trying to play the exact same note the exact same way or two singers trying to hit the exact same note in the exact same way. It's we can harmonize together. So we can be actually bringing out different notes 
or in other words, different expressions, but we're all singing the same song. We're all playing the same chords at the end of the day. And it becomes this beautiful, full, more complete expression of that musical piece or whatever it is. And it's the same thing in the body of Christ. We actually move into this place of maturity. And it's a beautiful thing when we promote unity. And there is unity in diversity. And so just wanted to share a few of my thoughts on that. And uh, again, I hope that this podcast with Caleb was blessed, was a blessing to you. I hope that maybe it challenged you in some way or maybe made you think differently or something like that. Um, even if you disagreed with it, I mean, that's, that's totally cool. I would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out, send me a direct message. Um, I don't usually mention this, but my website is simplepowermedia.com. That's a really simple way for you to kind of connect with me and you can connect with all my social medias through there and stuff like that if we're not already connected on social media. But uh, feel free to send me a direct message on any of the social media platforms and I'm happy to engage with you. Um, even in disagreements, I think that we can still find a way to walk together. And uh, let me just mention one more thing here that I just thought of that Caleb brings out in the book and it's that we can honor one another, we can celebrate one another, and we can empower one another, even if our non-essential beliefs don't line up. I think that that's so important. You know, you can actually honor a person without condoning what they believe or without saying that you believe what they believe. And, you know, whether we're talking about somebody in the body of Christ or outside the body of Christ, you can literally, you can learn to partner with the Spirit of God to the point that you honor every single person that you honor that person around you that believes something so contrary to what you believe. You know what? Let me just give you an example. I am um, extremely, extremely against abortion. But if I'm in a conversation with somebody, and, and, and look, because of recent developments, th this has been just this constant back and forth. Let me put my opinion out there, and then let me disagree with you, and this is why I disagree with you, and this is what, you know, and we can do this thing where we're just back and forth. And, and look, there's an importance in standing up for what you believe. There's an importance in standing up for an issue like that that I think is a very big deal. It's a very important issue. But there's a way to do it where you're not degrading the person for what they believe. Look, there's a reason that person that has a different belief system than you or than me, there's a reason why they believe differently. There's a reason why they think differently. And at the end of the day, I can hear your arguments. I can hear your disagreements. I can hear where we are at completely opposite ends of the spectrum on this issue or whatever issue that we're talking about. And I can still choose to honor you. And that might mean that I've got to make a sacrifice. It might mean that I've got to die to my pride a little bit. God forbid that I actually lay down my right to be right, that I lay that down for long enough to say, hold on, you matter to me. You might disagree. We, you know, we might be, we might be in disagreement, but you matter. You matter to me. And I can honor you and I can value you and I can esteem you and I can and, and, and I can celebrate who you are. Even if I disagree with your belief system here, if I disagree with your thought process here, at the end of the day, I can still love you and I can still honor you. And I think that that's something that we've got to that we've, I know I've got to learn to be better at. 
I think it's something that we, that we are often, often lacking in the body of Christ. And again, they'll know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. We've got to let love speak louder. So anyway, love you guys. Uh, thank you so much for your time and uh, for checking out this episode. And again, I, I just pray that it blessed you in some way. Again, I'd love to hear from you. And if you get a chance um, if you're interested in more content, if you would consider subscribing to this podcast, if you'd consider leaving a review on maybe, uh, you could do a, a star review on Spotify, you can leave a review where you can actually write something out on Apple Podcasts, just depending on where you're listening to this, uh, that would really help me out tremendously and it would mean the world to me. You could even do it anonymously if you like or whatever, but again, super appreciate you guys. I hope you'll come back for a future episode. And I uh, look forward to seeing you again. Take care.